This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast from the Blood Red Channel with myself, Matt Addison, alongside my Liverpool.com colleagues, Ben Bochach and Emmett Gates. We're going to be taking a look at the Liverpool midfield today on the week that Thiago Alcantara scored two lovely goals for the Reds, one admittedly considerably more cleanly struck than the other. And we've seen that Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson trio start a game for just the third time. Emmett, I'll come to you first. You've written a piece for us in the last couple of days on that Thiago goal. How good was it, first of all? And secondly, the big question, did it touch the ground? <laughs> well, that's a million-dollar question. Did it touch the ground en route um, to the net? No one no one knows. The more you watch it, the more doubt um, is put into your mind as to whether it actually did hit the ground or not. It's still, you know, you could watch it 10, 20, 30, 40 times and you think, yep, it did. And then you watch it again and... You, it, you you just do not know whether it hit the ground or not. It's it's one of those where it wouldn't surprise you if it didn't because the technique that Thiago uses, it almost like the ball just hovers just over the blades of grass and then lifts as it's going towards the net. It's just, I mean, I, I wrote a piece on it earlier this week, but Words really don't do justice just to how good of a goal it was. Yeah, for, for somebody who can pass a ball like Thiago, you, you just wouldn't put it past them, would you? It's just one of those that you knew exactly what he wanted to do, but actually physically being able to do it is considerably more difficult. But just in terms of, of Thiago, Ben, I mean, it's it's been a big week for him. I mentioned on the, the Blood Red podcast on Friday that it's maybe a little bit strong to call it a kind of turning point that would suggest that he's not maybe shown his, his true quality at Liverpool so far, which probably isn't the case. You know, he's, he's had injuries and, and that sort of thing, but he has obvious, obvious world-class talent. How important is it for Liverpool, do you think, to get him playing at his absolute best? I think very important. I mean, you look at the other midfield options and, uh, you know, when... Thiago arrived last summer, it was seen as a sort of uh, turning point uh, of the summer, really, because Liverpool weren't, it looked like they weren't getting the reinforcements that the fans wanted uh, after the title winning season. And uh, he was meant to herald a sort of, uh, you know, a a new change at Anfield, especially in the midfield as a sort of creative outlet. And maybe we haven't seen that side of him yet is attacking that side of him most of the time. In his first season, we saw the yellow cards and the, the fouls. Uh, but like Klopp said, I think recently, you, you need time to adjust, uh, even if you are a world-class player like Thiago. And if Liverpool can get him to the level that he was at when he played that Champions League final for Bayern Munich, because I think he was man of the match in that game against... Uh, it was that Champions League final against PSG. <laughs> PSG. Absolutely, yeah. He was he was man of the match in that game, and like he really stood out for me with that performance. And um, if Liverpool can get him anywhere close to that level, then they have a hell of a player on their hands. Yeah, I think I mean, the thing with Thiago yeah. is that he's so unique. He offers something completely different to what Liverpool currently have, and that's the beauty of him. You know, he's not like Fabinho. He's not like Jordan Anderson. The way even he passes the ball is unique. It's so 
it's so crisp and it's he's it's smooth as silk the way he passes the ball it's really even even his technique the way he like swings his legs is really unique and there's not many players like Thiago in the world and that's probably one of the reasons why Liverpool bought him was because he offers something vastly different to what they already have yeah i think so i mean even just the that roll of of the ball that he does with his foot where he just goes over it. You, you could just watch that all day long, couldn't you? But I think for me, Ben, it's it's particularly interesting with that partnership that he's got kind of going on with Fabinho. It's it is a very small sample size. They've played, I think, 13 matches together in midfield. Liverpool would have hoped it would have been a lot more than that, of course. But across those 13 games, Liverpool have won 12, drawn one, scored 35, and conceded only five. I mean that does just show, as much as it is a small sample size, what these two can do in that midfield. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mentioned Thiago's sort of weakness, I suppose, is in that defensive area. But when you have someone like Fabinho sweeping up for him behind him and kind of shielding him, and he has time on the ball and uh, movement in front of him, then that, that's when he really flourishes. And I think that's what we're seeing, that they kind of complement each other. At the moment, Emmett, we've got sort of five midfielders fit as we record this. Liverpool have got, obviously, Thiago Fabinho and Henderson. Then there's Milner and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well. I mean, it's it's not that long ago, really. Only a week or 10 days since we were saying that maybe Liverpool were desperately short in that area. We were comparing it to the centre-back situation from last season. Are you any closer to being convinced that Liverpool have got enough in that area or possibly has the, the goals and, and the performances from Thiago maybe sort of shifted that conversation further away from where it probably should be? Um, I mean, it's a difficult one because it only takes another injury or two and Liverpool's midfield again looks wafer thin. I mean, we saw it last year with the defence. You know, there's one injury and then Van Dijk gets injured and then Matip gets injured and then Gomez gets injured and then it's you're using Fabinho in central defence. So it only takes a couple of games. And obviously now, as we're going into December, well, there's nine games to get through. And obviously, Jurgen Klopp is going to rotate. But it only takes a couple of more injuries and the midfield starts to look very light again. But hopefully, you know, maybe Curtis Jones will come back um, and have more. And Abi Keita, hopefully, even though he's going to go to the African Cup of Nations in January, but maybe he will be back at some point in December to help Liverpool through all those games um so i'm not i'm not i'm not 100% sure if liverpool are completely out of the woods yet um but i'm glad that tiago and fabinho are back and fit again because those two were in and out of the side over the last what month or so so if the, one of those two were to get re-injured or something happened then you would be thinking who's gonna, who's going to play in midfield yeah, things can turn very quickly, Ben. I mean, just I mean, this is looking ahead quite a, a long way to, to the end of the season and, and the transfer window next summer. But would a midfielder, do you think, be a priority for Liverpool? Do you think possibly that would be something they look to do at the end of the campaign? And I suppose, should they have done it last summer, really? I mean, I think it is a priority, yes, to answer the first question. Should we have done it in the summer? I mean, I think there's an argument to be had that with Harvey Elliott coming through, sort of establishing himself as a midfielder, I think Klopp had every right. Like, 
to not choose to sign a, a midfielder. You know, there's seven or eight options in there with Milner and everything. But I think what's become clear this season, uh, in the absence of Fabinho, you you don't really have another holding midfielder in there. And, and I think that's the priority for Liverpool in the summer is to find someone who can play that number six role the way Fabinho does because um, without him, Liverpool looks vulnerable at times this season. Um, yeah, I suppose it, it's difficult, though, isn't it, for for Liverpool to find someone? Because you know, it's it's like trying to find a, a backup to Mohamed Salah. You know that Fabinho, if he is fit, is going to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what sort of profile I've, would you look at? Would it be would it be a younger player that could come in and, and develop? Would that maybe be a solution and a way around that? I think someone you, you'd look at players who can also play that number eight role as well. So uh, or cover other areas. So you'd look at, uh, for example, I looked at Tyler Adams uh, in it for a piece in on Liverpool.com recently, and I think he stands out because he can also play cover for right backs, so he can cover both positions. Potentially, he's capable of playing in the number eight role as well. Someone like Aurelin Tuameni as well, he's an interesting profile who can play that holding midfield role. So that type of player is, I yeah. think, who Liverpool should look for. for yeah. Like you say, relatively young, versatile but just they, they have to have that strength of being able to intercept the ball and win possession on a regular basis because Liverpool don't have that without Fabinho. Yeah I was banging the drum for Florian Neuhaus in the summer can play six or eight for Borussia Mönchengladbach and I'm sure he'll move on next summer so might be one there to look at. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel suppose the other thing, Emma, in terms of, of the midfield, the way it's shaping up, as, as much as Thiago, Henderson, Fabinho, there are a, a number of names that Liverpool will have next season still. I mean, there is still a couple of question marks over one or two of the others as well. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita both have less than two years left on their contracts. And I suppose that the next few months, the second half of this season, is probably going to be quite big for both of those players in terms of trying to decide whether they get a new deal or, or possibly even whether they're moved on next summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Naby Kate had a really good start to the season and then obviously his, his injury issues kind of flared up again and we haven't really seen him, what, in about a month now or so. And then actually Alex Axlade chamberlain easy for me to say, um, has actually strung together some decent games for for Liverpool over the last what two or three weeks. And obviously, the Arsenal performance was really was one of his best performances in years, you could say. Um, and it's it's kind of like as we talked about off air, kind of you know between Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino, you can't really see Liverpool keeping. Both of them, one might leave. I think that's a similar case here with Naby Gaida and Alex Ackley Chamberlain. I think the club, and uh, saying that the club might actually get rid of both if the suitable offers come in for both. But you could maybe see the club keeping one and letting go of the other. Who that would be, I think it kind of depends on the next four, five, six, basically how things stand come May, who has played the most, who has contributed the most. Because if if Naby Keita is fit, I would probably pick Naby Keita over actually Jimberlin just because I think Naby Keita offers more. But his injury track record always goes against him. I mean, he's missed over what fifty games for Liverpool since he joined three years ago. Like 
is it really in the club's best interest to invest more money in keeping Navigator if he's going to continually miss games season after season? And he isn't missing one or two. He's missing, you know, eight, nine, ten games in, in stretches, in chunks. You know, FSG are businessmen after all. And that's not, it's a, Navigator isn't really a good investment, you know, to extend his deal for the next three, four, five years if he continues to miss a large amount of games. So I think as it stands now, it's really difficult to say who the club should keep, but the next three, four, five months will be critical, I think, for both. I think for me, Ben, it would be a pretty clear choice to go with Cater. I mean, I know the, the injury record is is not the best for him, but he is two or three years younger than Chamberlain. Chamberlain, I think, is, is 29 next August. I mean, with him, you're kind of approaching a Gini Wijnaldum situation, aren't you, with, with Oxlade-Chamberlain of Liverpool. We'll see him turn 30 very quickly after a new contract. That's probably not something they're going to do. And I don't know, which way do you see it? If it was to be one or the other, which one would you pick? I mean, like Emma, Emma mentioned Cater's injuries, but I think Chamberlain's probably missed the same amount of games over the last few seasons as well, like since Cater's arrived. Like he's had two, obviously bear albeit they were two very long-term injuries not muscle injuries which Keita seems to struggle with um, but he's also injury prone himself and like you say he's he, he's older and the only thing that he has in his favor which I think we might see more in January is the fact that he can play on the wing and I think in January, in the absence of Salah, we might see Chamberlain playing as a right winger. I think Cater's played on the wing a couple of times, but Chamberlain is sort of more suited to playing in that role. But then again, you have the question whether he can, can he do that up beyond 30 when he kind of loses his pace and sort of he, he is still injury prone like Cater as well. And... I think to let one of them go on a free, uh, you talk about being businessmen. Would you let a 35 million investment go, go on a free or a over 50 million investment in Cater? So for me, it has to be Cater who stays at Liverpool. Yeah, I think Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was fit for the second half of, of last season, but just didn't really get picked and, and didn't really get played, which I suppose tells you a bit of a, a story on its own. And I suppose that sort of links into to the next point that I wanted to, to get onto as well, just in terms of the goals from midfield. It's something that often gets talked about with Liverpool. Obviously, we know the vast majority of their creativity comes from other areas. The fullbacks, Salah and Mane, obviously the goal scorers. Diogo Jota has got eight already this season, but... Midfield goals can help Emmett. It's obviously not going to be a bad thing if Liverpool can get more goals from midfield. And I think it's really interesting that Thiago's goal against Southampton was a sixth goal from midfield for Liverpool so far this season. The entirety of last season, they only managed six between them. I mean, it's obviously an improvement so far this season. Is it sustainable, do you think, for these goals to keep coming from midfield? And how important could that be? I mean, I don't see why not. Um, I mean, funny, we were talking about Naby Keita. I mean, he's Liverpool's top goal scorer from midfield and with three goals in all competitions. And, you know, he's missed how much of the season has he missed already? You know, So, I mean, Naby Keita at least also offers, you know, an attacking threat, which you couldn't really maybe say the same thing for actually at Chamberlain. But I don't see why 
Liverpool's midfielders can't contribute more to goals. You know, a lot of the burden of the season has fallen on Mane and Salah, obviously, and Diogo Jota is obviously contributing with, you know, crucial goals. But I think it's it's always an advantage if your midfield can chip in with, you know, maybe 10 to 15 goals over the course of the season. You know, there's a lot of games, a lot of competitions. It's difficult to, you know, to have the burden solely on the front line. So I don't see why, you know, the like Thiago probably scoring twice in a week is, is a rarity. I don't think you're going to see that too often. But chipping in here or there, Fabinho maybe with a, a long ranger, Naby Keita, again, can get into good areas when he's fit. Um, Jordan Anderson can smack a ball from, from distance. So I don't see why not. Um, Liverpool's midfielders can't contribute a few more goals between now and the end of the season. I think in all in all, they've got nine in all competitions. You know, if you're including Curtis Jones, um, and I don't see why they can't get maybe another six or seven before the end of the year. You know, Thiago could end up in double digits himself <laughs> the way he's been playing the last week. Yeah, they certainly get themselves into the positions, don't they? I think last season, Gini Wijnaldum was the only Liverpool player to score more than once in the league. He only got two, obviously. Thiago's already up to two this season, just in the space of a couple of, of games. So it is something to, to think about, Ben. I mean, the obvious comparison is always going to be with Manchester City and Chelsea for Liverpool. Ilkay Gundogan, for example, last season got 13 just on his own in the Premier League. And obviously was vital to, to Manchester City winning the league. I mean, I know you've done the, the stats for last season compared to this and, and the title season as well. It, it can really make a difference, can't it? Yeah, I mean, in all competitions in the title season, when I think a lot of people were making the point that a big reason for Liverpool winning the title that year and being so dominant was the fact that the midfield had stepped up at the time and scored a lot of goals from midfield. I think in all competitions, it was 33 in total which was an average of 0.55 goals per 90 from midfield, which is not bad. And uh, this season, we've seen that getting closer to what it was before. Uh, we're currently averaging 0.45 goals per 90, which is close close to what it was during the title-winning season. And, and it's a massive increase from the 0.22 that Liverpool were averaging last season. And I think... A lot of that is due to the foundations being in place with Fabinho and Henderson not having to play centre-backs anymore and having a solid and stable def defence behind the midfield that allows them to go forward and flourish. And if Liverpool can maintain this sort of output on a longer basis, then I think they have another good chance of competing for trophies this season. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, never going to be a bad thing, is it, to have extra goals, even if... Jota, Salah and Mane are the top three scorers in the Premier League so far this season. Just to finish then, I'll come to you both on this and ask you what your midfield three would be for the Merseyside derby midweek. I mean, for me, Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson, it, it kind of has to be that. It's Liverpool's best midfield. I know there's obviously more important games to come and, and that sort of thing. But Emmett, I'll, I'll come to you first. Is is that your midfield three for, for the derby or is there a case, do you think, for the experience, say, of, of James Milner or maybe the fresh legs of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain? Um, definitely Fabinho and Henderson are givens. Thiago, uh, I, I don't think the Merseyside derby is going to be a game full of technical class. Obviously, because it's a derby, you know, tenses can rise. So it may be in 
the best interest to leave Thiago on the bench and maybe bring in someone like Ashley Chamberlain who can use his dynamism, his ability to get around the pitch to harass. Kind of like basically the role that he um, played against Arsenal. I think uh, the game against Everton might be better suited to his characteristics than, say, Thiago. Um, or even James Milner, who can do a job, you know, shuttling up and down. So maybe this might be the game to leave. Obviously, you know, you would rather have Thiago in there. But for the Derby, I think maybe either one of Ashley Chamberlain or Milner should come in alongside Fabinho and Anderson. Interesting. I know Thiago had a, a very good game, did end up getting injured, obviously, with that tackle for Richarlison last season, Ben. But are you going to stick him back in? How do you think it, it might be on, on Wednesday night? I mean, I think Ebert makes an interesting point about the, the dynamism of Chamberlain, but I just I just remember that game against Everton last season and how brilliant Thiago was. And uh, obviously he got substituted quite early against Southampton uh, this weekend. So I think that suggests that he's probably going to play against Everton. Klopp is saving him for that game. And Knowing Everton, they're probably going to park the bus and we're going to have to have that technical ability to break them down. So for those reasons, I think I'll, I'll go with Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I can see Thiago continuing that good run of form that he's been in. But no matter who plays in that midfield three, Liverpool will be hoping, of course, to keep up that goal-scoring form in the Merseyside derby on Wednesday. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, Ben Botchak and Emmett Gates, that's all we've got time for on the latest Agenda podcast. It's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.